Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Steve Hildry. I'm Matt Croger. I'm Jeremy Wall. And I'm Alex Coos. And we're back for another recap of our uh, Call to Arms online Universal Battle Tournament escapades. And I think this, this round, uh, we were all relatively successful in one all of our games so i think it'll be a bit more all positive experience all around this time right matt spoiler warning come on just take all the tension out of it immediately that is correct alex no notes full of tears for me today this round we were playing pillage with six tokens steve do you want us to run us through your game first oh sure yeah so i had a game hold on steve steve jeremy do you want to? Should we open up Universal Battle and have a whole game before Steve finishes? Well, well, now I know how long Steve's gonna take, so I can timing, so that I can make sure I go thirty-seven thousand minutes longer than his, the way he did me in the first the first episode. So. I, 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 I didn't do any anyone just to be absolutely the only, the only thing that was done last time. Alex did Matt last time. That's absolutely clear. <laughs> Well, that that's science. So I was playing uh, a really nice guy that I he lives in Manchester in the UK, but I've not met him before. He's called uh, Max Max Bennett, and I was playing. I took um, an MSU Ratkin list, so a multiple small units Ratkin list, because a couple of guys have been posting on the Ratkin forum about their their MSU list, and I thought that that looked really cool. So I thought I'd give one a try. So my list was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven regiments of shock troops, uh, two regiments of Vermintide. A mutant rat fiend, uh, a swarm choir with a loot, three brute enforcers, a tangle, and mother chrysa. So, the strength of Rackin traditionally has always been the hordes have rallying, right? So, no one ever takes regiments. But the cool thing about this list is it's got loads and loads of units in it, loads of unit strength. Into unit strength 29 in 16 units, and the brute enforcers and the uh, I mean, Ratfiend bring the rallying and, and the tangle as well. So, I thought it was kind of a, a nice, cool uh, list to try out. And then uh, came up against my opponent, and um, uh, let's see, his list was pretty simple. Right, so it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hordes of ogre warriors. Uh, all of with all of them had the crocodile upgrade. Uh, one of them had boots of striding, and then he had two standard bearers. That's it. That's the whole list. Nine hordes of warriors and two standard bearers, which was, yeah, wow. It's pretty cool. i got to say, it's a pretty cool army. So each of those uh, hordes can re-roll once uh, per turn, and um, I didn't really know how to deal with that kind of uh, that kind of an army. But we set all the tokens out, and then um, let me find. I got some screenshots of this somewhere as well, because I knew that I wouldn't be able to remember exactly what on earth I was doing. But he kind of he. I think it's the first time he played this kind of army, so we kind of just basically set up across from each other, um, and I figured I could kind of chaff him up as much as I could with because everything in my army is chaff but also has a, a nice punch to it and then he, he got himself tangled up a little bit so he had um, uh, all of his hordes kind of very close to one another and what that meant was that when I when I got into him because I, I, I think I got first turn but I got into him before, before he could get into me his hordes were too close behind each other which meant that he, he couldn't quite because if I think if he'd spaced it out properly there's no way I could have survived because each horde would just come in and come in and come in and come in he sent one horde right up the left hand side the one with the striding boots and i thought 
he was going to just sit on the token up there because I was sitting on a token on the other side. It seemed uh, like a really good thing to do. But he, he said he got carried away with the killing the killing urge of being an ogre warrior. He wanted to kind of smash. And so he just kind of, rather than sit back, there were two tokens behind his force that if he'd actually just held two hordes back, I could just couldn't have got to. Uh, but he got carried away with trying to kill me. And then, so I sneaked uh, one of my enforcers out of the back and sat on a token. And at the end of turn six, against all the odds, I, I think I rolled a really nice nerve check on the last uh, on the last Ogre Warrior Horde. I managed to sidestep my unit at the end of turn six onto a token, and I, I managed to get three to two. If he'd have held his warriors back, he would have easily easily thrashed me. And on turn seven, he would have actually tabled me. <laughs> he would have just taken everything off. So it was a really good, really close game. Really interesting to play. I think I've seen increasingly this kind of trend for people to just spam multiple units of the same thing. Like these are two effectively equivalent lists. Mine's got seven units of shock troops. He's got nine hordes of warriors. But I've seen this again and again. I saw a match today that had uh, three hordes of uh, dwarven shield breakers, and then everything else was a troop of ironclad, and they all had throwing mastiffs. And people are kind of cottoning on to this way of this way of playing which means that you've got so much redundancy in the list that if something dies it doesn't matter because you've got three more behind it so it's quite fun to play this list and i, I really liked it um i've kind of modified it a couple of times but i came out with a win a win to the rats and uh he, his dice kind of let him down all his crocodiles did nothing right until the last turn and it was just a little bit too late but yeah it's a good game awesome so, yeah i got to play max in the last call to arms before this one, and he, I think he took nine hordes of shield breakers in that one. <laughs> right. Or this is a, siege breakers. Siege, siege breakers. breakers yeah. right. This is a modification of his of his list. He said he he yeah. prefers the shield breakers, so he's gone back to that. But I think honestly, if he just spaced it out a little bit more, he would have absolutely smashed me because they're just they're all defense five, and I've got I've got some some bane chant, but I've only got crush one, so. Yeah, yeah, really interesting game to play. Lovely bloke as well. Really, really fun guy to play. I hope I hope to meet him in real life at some point. Do you know does he does he play that uh, army in real life? Because I'm wondering if the kind of the the heavy redundancy armies that you're describing, even though we do see them on the tabletop, now that we're having a tournament based solely in a meta where you can make any weird army you you want without having to paint it for two years i wonder if we're starting to see some of those lists sort of develop out of the uh, ub ub meta. I think so. He's got um, the Siegebreaker version, he said. He's got that. I'm going to go back to the version that I've got, he said, which is the Siegebreaker one. Uh, But I know the Dwarven guy that we watched today, he's he's made that army. He's made it and plans to play it. So we will see that on the table. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And those spam spam mass stiffs can be hard to deal with too. Oh, yeah. He took up two hordes of Siegebreakers with mass stiffs alone. Can you imagine? Yeah, Billy's been running a list like that with like a bunch of rangers and like the mastiffs. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like a lot of uh, a lot of shooting. It's like a one turn uh, decimator army. <laughs> it's like you have one turn of shooting really, really well, and then you're in combat. So okay, so I can go into my second game. So I played uh, a lovely gentleman from the UK, Mike Smith. Um, he was playing uh, Ratkin Slaves, as he said. He's like on a mission to show that they're him and Tom Annis are on a mission that I will soon be joining. Spoiler alert! To say <laughs> that Ratkin Ratkin Slaves are a good army. So he had um, a horde of wretches with Last Breast plus the Crystal Pendant. So like nice. an Omega exploding wretch horde. Uh, three regiments of slave warriors, two regiments of immortal guards, one with throwing massifs. Two troops of decimators and a regiment of decimators. Uh, 
two slave tunnel runner regiments with brutal sharpness and uh one had jesse's boots an iron caster and then the go go lek skin flare like the special character chariot so i played forces of the best so for each round i'm putting a poll on the counter charge facebook group for the audience to vote on what army i'm gonna play so i they voted for forces of the abyss for round two this list is sort of inspired off a todd serpico list it has a horde of lower abyssals with uh the strength upgrade and a sacrificial imp Two regiments of succubi, one with hammer measured force, one with brew of strength. Both have the Pathfinder Lurker upgrade. Two Moloch hordes with uh, sacrificial imps. Two abyssal fiends uh, without the wings, so just like the on foot version. Uh, Despoiler champion with blaze slashing. A couple of warlocks with drain life and matibusu. Uh, what I like about this list, it was really fun to play. It sort of can operate in every phase of the game. It's got some drain life. It's got some fireball. You know, it's got a little shooting. It's really deceptively good at grinding for abyssals in that with all that defense for sacrificial imp regen plus the drain life, it's actually not a, a, a small amount of grind. And then you have, you know, four real hammers or two, two big hammers and then two situational hammers. So you have a little play and where do I, uh, you know, deploy the succubi with the hammer measured force? You know, where do I send the brew of strength one? Uh, you have a couple of big monsters to move around. So this is actually like a really, really, really fun list. And uh, I do have abyssals on my to-do list project-wise. So I think this might be kind of where I start with. Um, so in this game, there was a couple things that I was really worried about. His two sl- slave tunnel runner regiments, especially the one with the brew of sharpness, that was gonna that could basically one shot any of my mo- either of my Moloch hordes. And then so I was worried of, uh, about trying to make sure that I didn't I, I dealt with the speed advantage he had on this the tunnel runners. And then the only other thing is I did not want that the latch wretch horde with the pendant and the um, last breath to get into the middle of my line and explode. So I played pretty defensively for the first couple of games. My my idea was to use Matibusu to slow down the Brew of Sharpness Tunnel Runner Regiment so I could get into there. And then I would use my Fiends and uh, some other shooting that I had to k- kill the Horde with the Crystal Pendant before it got into combat. Um, he charged me once and then he, with the lower abyssals as he was moving. So he pretty much moved that up the middle and then I was moving my lower abyssals up the middle too. And he had charged into my lower abyssals with that exploding unit and I just withdrew and then shot at it with all my, with, uh, you know, 12 drain life and 20 fireball from the two fiends um, and then killed it in the shooting phase. So I didn't have to deal with that. There was kind of two main uh, things, one that went for him and then one that went for me. Um, that kind of decided the key of that game was he uh, took his the Golek and uh, one of the tunnel runners into my lower abyssal horde in the middle. With the uh, the imps and everything, I was like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure they could survive one one round of combat for sure, and then depending on my regen rolls, maybe another. But I knew that if he was charging in, I was getting I was going to counter charge with. The lower abyssals, and then I had a fiend in the flank of the tunnel runners after they completed the charge. So he charged me. Uh, unit survived. I countercharged, and then I double one 
And then he killed my lower abyssal horde uh, with the tunnel runners that should have been dead, really. So that put him in a good position in the middle, which I had to sort of fight back through. And then I had the other regiment of tunnel runners was sitting on an objective on my left side. Sort of, they had been playing cat and mouse with my two Moloch hordes. So I had to charge a Moloch horde hindered into the tunnel runner uh, unit. And if I killed that, then that put me sort of back on a spot. But they're hindered, right? So I'm only hitting on fours, like old school Moloch action. And I needed an 11 to kill the unit. And I got super dirty and rolled an 11 twice and uh, killed that unit. So essentially after that, that pretty much uh, my succubi finished up his decimator sort of in the middle towards the center objective. Um, But that's really what the game came down to is me just dance trying to get him to uh, commit his tunnel runners and then try to use my shooting to kill off all his small stuff. But yeah, so I ended up uh, winning the game. I had three objectives, I think, and he had one. Uh, but really good game. You know, the dice sort of went up and down, but I'm really excited uh, to have get a chance to play. It's a great aspect of UB is you get to try these other armies. So I, I did try Bristles and I really like them. So Pretty cool. Yeah, I, watch, fun, fun I watched that game and like Jeremy's downplaying his luck because like it went really south for like a solid like two turns <laughs> in the middle there because you had it set up really nicely and then like he you double one and then you had another turn of like where nothing really worked and then you pulled it out at the end. It was really quite cool like to see you keep playing through the bad luck and like get through yeah. that. And that's something, right? You know, dice is are, are just part of the game, and it's it works in your favor or against you. But I think uh, a good practice is to to not ever give up. You know, never give up. Uh, just always keep trying to play, and you know, think about you know how what can I what's the best thing for me to do in any single moment. You know, based on how the game evolves. But um, it just was really fun to play like this army that had something to do in every phase. Like I'm rolling regen, I'm shooting fireballs, I'm draining life. I have big giant demons stomping on people. So it was like a super fun game. But um, because this um, so far this meta, everyone's been talking about ah, oh, fireballs useless. Just take lightning bolt, blah 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 blah. But actually, fireball because people are running these armies with lots and lots of quite low defense units. Fireball actually really comes in its own against Mm -hmm. low defense units doesn't it and actually if you've got a lot of fireball on hand being able to clear off a lot of the low defense stuff early on it's quite it's quite powerful actually people underestimate how good fireball can be now troop spam armies like when you have like 10 12 nerve or 11 13 nerve like fireball 10 or 20 can like really put a hurt on those i love fireball on a titan sized monster you know what I mean? So it uh, just helps you do a lot of uh, a lot with that. That fiend with no wings for what you pay for its cost is just like a, ve- a lot of great value. Yeah, they're inspiring too. So they're like, they're yeah. awesome for the battle line. Yeah. And then the warlocks too. I mentioned that uh, the warlocks, the drain life six just inherently within an abyssal army is really nice because uh that's their one weakness, right, is that they can't grind. So if you can normally, you know, without all these other tools, but if you can kind of put some of those tools in. And then the fact that they're inspiring, that's just the, you know, you two warlocks sort of behind your main line, drain life and healing, offering nice little inspiration bubbles. Yeah, it was just a super fun army. Yeah, and that kind of like that grinding ability helps you keep playing all the way through some bad luck and all the way to the end of the game. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm wanting to have in some of my, like, my Basilean army. The one thing it doesn't have is, like, 
it's a lot harder to, to battle back. You know what I mean? It, and it, it's a little bit more you lose one or two units and you're like, oh, my gosh, you're screwed. So I wanted to play something that had kind of some things, you know, some regen or different things to, to, to kind of fight back. And I think it's cool thematically. I have, like, my holy Basilians and then I have the demons. It's like a cool, uh, you know, since they're, like, polar opposites. So, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to building that project. But what about you, Matt? How did your game go? Uh, so I had a good game against Mr. Ben Stoddard, who brought Abyss as well. Um, so this was a very much a bottom-of-the-table clash <laughs> after our first-round games. Uh, I used pretty much the same... I think it was the same list that I used against Alex, which was uh, the Lady Bros of three regiments of men-at-arms, Horde of Brotherhood Knights with Strength and Banner of the Green Lady, two Orders of Redemption Knights, one with Striding, one with Fire Oil, an Order of the Forsaken with Caterpillar, three units of Woodland Critters, three regiments, three Pegasi, a Druid with Conjurer's Staff and Bane Chant mounted, and a Unicorn with Wings, Loot of Insatiable Darkness, and Lightning Bolt 5. So in his list, he took a Horde of Lower Abyssals with the Aegis of the Alohi. Uh, they had two-handed weapons in uh, upgrade, a unit of Succubi with Hammer to Measure Force and the Lurker upgrade, Two units of gargoyles, two hordes of Molochs, both with the Despoiler Champion. Oh, that is a. I don't. Would you? Would you not take that? You reckon that upgrade? It's a good upgrade. The Despoiler Champion on the Molochs. It's nuts. That's a. They just become yeah. ridiculous that way. I mean, the defense four is still bad, but wow, they're so punchy. Yeah. Being able to buy fearless is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and brutal. Yeah, I'd, I'd take that every day of the week. Um, two regiments of imps, a unit of abyssal horsemen, a regiment of abyssal horsemen with boots of striding, a regiment of hellhounds with meat of madness, archfiend of the abyss, an abyssal warlock with the conjurer's staff and bane chant, and basusu, who has really not got much worse, as has she, he, she. She's still good. I think it's a he, isn't it? He? Or it's maybe a she. Isn't Maltibusu the, the, the lady one? Well, Maltibusu uh, is the other lady, but... I, think, I thought it was like Herja and Basusu were like supposed to be like... I don't remember. I should read the fluff. Anyway. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. We're experts in Kings of War, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark's sitting at his house right now and wants... Pulling his one, hair out. <laughs> one single tear is going down his face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. <laughs> so uh, Ben's a super nice guy. Um, I had a great game against him. I will say right now that the luck did not go his way. That's for sure. He had some terrible luck. Uh, I did take a few screenshots actually this time. Um, so... <clears throat> but I'll try not to make it go as long as Steve's Steve's reports. So basically how we lined up was I had a regiment of redemptive knights and a and a peg on a left-hand side of the building on my very left, and then there was a building. Then I had a peg with my horde of brotherhood knights. Then in the middle, I basically had all my woodland critters and my regiments of men-at-arms um, with the unicorn. And then on the right-hand side, I had... Redemption Knights, which would push straight up on a hill with a peg, and I had the Order of Forsaken on the far right flank with the Devoted um, Druid, sorry, keeping them company. So probably the thing that really turned the game was early on, turn two, it actually started with a mistake from me where I didn't measure that I'd left a peg in range, and Ben decided to run his Abyssal Archfiend into the peg, 
And we both said it was on the side of the building and we're kind of looking at it and he said, well, if I don't go through this, the only way I'm not going through this is probably double ones. And if I don't, I'm copying a, the Order of Brotherhood in the flank. And he double one it. Poor bugger. Yep. And so then uh, basically my, I think it was the start of my two, he lost his Archfiend of the Abyss to my Horde of Brotherhood Knights. And that probably really turned the game. Once that guy was gone, my, my flies, I could pretty much get them to do whatever I wanted to do. On the left-hand flank, he had put in his Hellhounds into the Redemption Knights, which I wasn't too worried about. Um, They did six damage, surprisingly, on the first go in, but those were unkillable Redemption Knights this game. I think he would gradually... I think he accumulated accumulated three wounds over the course of three three combats, and they kept... (laughs) regenning the rest so by the end of three turns of combats he only had three wounds on them so um they kept going and then pretty much the horde of brotherhood knights and then meant sure i cleaned up that flank and then uh we traded stuff in the middle by the end of the game by the end of the game there wasn't much left i think he either had his he might have had his horde left i can't remember if there was a shot after that and i had the majority of the tokens oh that's right there was actually a chance for him to draw by the by the by the which was really surprising because it looked like i was in a commanding position i had left some woodland critters in view of one of his or one of his his only abyssal warlock and it charged me (laughs) and he needed to overrun i think just two inches to get in range of a token and he rolled a one and if he'd got there it would have been draw so, um, but it was a fun game. You know, I really enjoyed playing Ben. Um, I'm looking forward to reading his book, Drowned Secrets, when it's out. If it hasn't been released this week, um, there was a post saying that it was going to come to um, e version, even though the print's been delayed because of Corona. So, um, I, I'm 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 going to try and get into a bit more King's Fluff. I think I haven't picked up the original book, but I'll do that, and I'll certainly pick up his and have a read because I really enjoyed the podcast with um with Mark and him as well. Um. How about you, Alex? You and your theme army. Yeah, it's it's staying on theme. I had another good game with it. Uh, Use the same list as I used last week um, or last round is undead. So, and I was playing up against uh, Billy Henninger, who's from Nebraska, and we were trying to figure out if we had met at Masters, but I think it was all the different people back and forth. We determined that we might have, but we weren't sure. So. We got, but he's an awesome guy. Um, he was playing Varenger, so my list was a horde of zombies, a regiment of wraiths with healing brew, uh, two soul reaver infantry regiments, one with uh, blessing of the gods, one with caterpillar, three troops of revenant cavalry, as you do, uh, two hordes of whites, one with brew of haste, and one with wine of elvenkind, a mounted revenant king with the blade of slashing and search five. Uh, Rev King on Undead Flying Worm with Need of Madness. And then two Necromancers, one with Inspiring Talisman and Drain Life, and the other one with Conjurer's Staff and Drain Life. Billy's list uh, was Varenger, and he also took a fairly Alpha Strike Hammer-centric list. He had uh, two Regiments of Draugr, a Horde of the Fallen with Brew of Strength, two Regiments of Mounted Sons, with one with Striding, boots of stri- Jesse's boots of striding, uh, one with Caterpillar, both with Stealthy, a horde of Frostfang cavalry with Brew of Sharpness, so 30 attacks on threes, That's, and then uh, two Snowfox regiments, 
a mounted magus and a foot magus with boomstick. Both magus also had drain life. And then three lords on frostfangs. One with healing brew and all three with snow foxes. So as I joked at the beginning that it was basically just bag of hammers versus bag of hammers. <laughs> so we set up the pillage tokens fairly centrally in a bit of a, a rectangle. I deployed first and chose the bottom edge where because the top edge of the table had two pieces of impassable terrain just outside the deployment zones zone on the edges. So it kind of made sure that he couldn't deploy on the flanks. He didn't have any flyers. So he was gonna be pretty forced to deploy centrally. And there were two forests uh, midway up the board just inside where those impassable terrains so kind of creating a funnel. So I chose the bottom, giving me some like flexibility to deploy in the middle, but also off to the edges where he couldn't see me. So I could draw him in and then swarm on the flanks. He, I, I think I took uh, the bottom of the turn. So I let him go first. And so he moved up and he had deployed exactly how I thought right in the middle. So like fallen, two regiments of Mount of Suns and then frost fangs left to right. And then there's interspersed with lords on frost fangs and chaff. And then I had my wraiths on the left and then two hordes of whites my pathfinder soul reavers and then on the right flank i had my horde of zombies backed up by my elite soul reavers and then my revenant king on flying worm off on the flank behind the forest so my wraiths my wraiths and my rev king on worm were on on the flanks behind the forest so he couldn't see me so he moved his army up i moved everything up and like had a few flyers on the on the flanks waiting to pounce and then Turn two, he charged everything in except for one regiment of Mounted Sons, took out all of my Revcav and my zombies, which was fine because then my elite Soul Reavers got to countercharge his Frost Fangs, and then my Rev King, uh, Rev King on Flying Worm flank charged his Lord on Frost Fang, and my Whites and other Soul Reavers got to charge his Mounted Sons. On the right flank, that everything went to plan, killed the frost fangs. But then on the left flank, I wavered some stuff, and like I got four wounds on mounted suns with whites, which was a bit of a bummer. But then, which gave him a bit of an opening, but he had a similarly poor counterattack. And then at that point, I had taken enough of his hammers off that I could just kind of double up and like use some surge and uh, positioning to clean up the rest of his units and i think it took four turns of combat to kill the one mounted suns unit like i double wound it with soul reavers eventually and then it just it just wouldn't die so then his last unit of draugr ended up taking out one of my whites in the last turn so i ended up getting four of the pillage uh tokens instead of all five to max out but at the end of the game he had a magus left and i had four of the objectives so overall it was a went to plan and it was a pretty good pretty good game a bit of bad luck for both of us mid midway but i think with the plan set up properly it kind of mitigated it on my end ouch you, you've made that sound always oh, it, it was touch and go but you wiped him off the board <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it was like turn two like it was kind of we were joking because like the he killed my zombies and then i my soul reavers took out his frost fangs and he's just like uh oh and then, like, I wavered his front lord on Frostfang. 
But then, like, the other three combats kind of just went medium. Like, I didn't kill the other three. Like, my wraiths in the flank of his fallen, my whites into his mounted sons, and then my other solar reavers into his mounted sons. They didn't kill anything. But then it was like, he didn't capitalize on that. And then it was just, like, downhill from there. It was, he had to overcommit to kill all of my chaff, which just put him in a bit of a tenuous situation. It's almost like undead are grossly overpowered. I mean, almost. But I, you know what? The the Varengar list, I think he might have just deployed a little bit too tightly together. It was just like, I was a bit nervous going into this because it's like everything he has can kill everything that I have in right. one go. And everything I have can kill whatever he has in one go. So it was basically like, who can chaff effectively to get that opportunistic charge in? I mean, it's just in that, in that hammer match off, your stuff is just that tiny little bit more durable. Yeah, that durability kind of wins out in the end. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, and then yeah, having having the surge ability, like having wraiths and whites that can like get surge into flanks, is pretty powerful. So, but overall, I think you know everything went to plan. Um, I'm sure that you know things will not go to plan every time. So we'll see how the next game goes. So so that's like all four of our games so far just kind of like an overview of like what happened like did anyone have like a standout unit or like something that worked out the way they wanted and like it just like it just played out the way that they wanted in the game like they set it out so i can say my horde of the bright the hood was the first game where i didn't get it stuck somewhere <laughs> it uh it managed to uh work its way around the board nicely which is how i'd what i'd like it to do but uh yeah, so it became my standout that game. So you got your chaff to like kind of create lanes and prevent it from getting bogged down this time. Yeah, and not get stuck behind the chaff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. And your redemption night sounded like they redeemed themselves. <laughs> yeah, when they go well, they go well. Those guys. I still, I still think mixed arms is a good style of list to bring to a tournament when you have no idea who or what you're going to play against. I mean, all my lists, you know, even though they've been picked by the audience, the lists that I built with them have tried to be, I've tried to build lists that if I was to play that army in real life, would I like all those models and could I make an army out of it? So those tend to be more combined arms because that's just a style of army I like. That is still a really powerful archetype of build to play in a tournament when you're just not quite sure what you're going to be up against because you have the tools. Yeah, absolutely. You're never out of it. Like you always have something to do and you always have a strategy that can like get you out of the situation or especially with an objective based game like Kings where like you have to do more than just kill things. Yeah, no, my army, it was the first time playing. I've played now three or four versions of this list and they, no matter what I stick into them, they all kind of play the same. So you don't win big with this kind of MSU list because there's just not enough defense in it. You lose more than half your army every single time. Um, the job is to to lose your army in ways that you still win the game. So you have to be thinking of the objectives and have a little bit left on each of the. So I played a, for example, I played another one against against an abyss army, and that went incredibly well. And you know, I had a vermintide just sat on an objective for the entire game, for the entire game for that one because the the abyss army just didn't have enough stuff to go and commit to it. Yeah. So you know, again, it's just it's really interesting, and I kind of I haven't felt quite found the sweet spot with the rack and msu list and i keep rewriting the list and rewriting the list and rewriting the list i tried a version with warriors instead of shock troops and then just just shock troop regiments and i added some tunnel runners and i added a, a mutant rat fiend there's so many variations it's really quite fun it, it makes playing rack in the field more fun again feel, feel more like a horde army 
I just I just need to kind of push forward and try and find one that I like. So uh, yeah, yeah. We'll so you yeah, definitely like uh, you have to like, start thinking about how you want to like. You have the army and it, like it's a good theme, but then how you approach it and how you approach each mission and all and like everything changes with when you have an army that plays completely differently right. than what you're used to. And I haven't yet played it against like a. I think I'd really struggle against a flyer list. Because I just don't, I have nothing. <laughs> I have no individuals that can turn. So you'd have to, I basically, I'd have to castle against a, a fly list, which would be really difficult in an objective game. So yeah, uh, yeah, I just keep playing and see how it goes, and then keep practicing. So I've noticed that Alex, with your two smashing victories, that you are number two <laughs> in the current vic- in the current rankings, and uh, number one is Tom Robinson, the UK yeah. current UK master. So Tom, unless uh... something really dramatic happens with the remaining games of this round, then you're going to be facing uh, Robbo. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm holding out hope that Jeff Trash uh, or Trash or Paige Neo or one of the other 25s can like get another 25 and bump me down to third or fourth. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom's great. You know, he's really fun to play against. I'll tell you what, he's uh, he certainly gives you. He's amazing. It's I like, think he's a lot less intimidating on Universal Battle than he's in real life. So. Yeah, I feel like the world really wants the Jeff Tr- Trash versus Tom Robinson battle. That's all I'm saying. I want that so much. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be what's interesting to me is like when we come, uh, you know, we, we talk about this in, in tournaments or at Masters or whatever. You have the tournament, and then at the beginning of the tournament, you're like, okay, I'm going to pick 20 players, and, you know, out of the 20, I'm probably going to be close to trying to figure out maybe who's going to be in the top 10, top 15, minus a couple like out of nowhere. So I'm curious to see in UB come turn, come round five. Are we going to be yeah. able to look at the top 10 and be like, oh, there's Robinson, there's Trace, there's or whoever, you know, uh, that we would imagine to be in that. Is it going to be that way? Are there going to be like, is there the best Kings of War player ever who's never gone to a tournament who just is like, oh, I'll play this UB tournament. And all of a sudden it's like Bobby Fischer. He's like just <laughs> destroying people, you know. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. Looking at the top, the top like uh, let's say top ten of these. So Tom's at top. Alex is second. This is without the games that have been played. Luis Serra is third. So I've played Luis. I played him at Franticon. He's a really, really strategic player. He plays totally. He, he plays a um, an attrition game where he's happy to everything dies. He just plays for the objective. Where he's a great player. Really nice guy as well. Daniel Plack. I don't know, but he's from Germany. He's in fourth. Tom Annis, some guy I've never heard of. He's yeah, in fifth. Never heard of him. Yeah. Mark yeah. Campbell is uh, sixth, and a guy called uh, from Ka- Taz Stacy from Canberra Wargamers Association. Do you know him, Alex? No, I know him though. Canberra's in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Canberra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, no. What were I thinking of? Yeah, no. What's the Canadian sea? Taz literally lives down the road from me. Hey, so Taz Stacy uh, from uh, Canberra, which is of course in Australia. I'm, I'm happy he's listening to this because I can guarantee Taz won't be there for long. Goodbye, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> them fighting words. <laughs> no, he's got a really strong. Um, he's got a really strong Northern Alliance list, actually. A big kind of Alpha Strike Northern Alliance list. It's a good list, and and he's really learned how to play it well. I think we'll see five, four, four out of the top five will be. I reckon there'll be one surprise. Todd Serpico hanging in at number nine. Good old Todd, and uh, Brindley Smith at ten. So you know, there's a. Uh... Some names we know and some names we don't. So it's an interesting uh, fallout. So who um, we, we haven't got the, the draw yet for the next round, but let's just see where we're sitting. So let me just scroll down this list. First, where's Duval? Duval. Duval's hanging in at number 82. He's not too far above me. I'm coming for you, Duval. 
Uh, I'm working my way. I'm working my way up. Uh, I'm in there. Um, I'm at 31. Mm. I'm within two <laughs> places. I'm within two places of Dan King. So uh, slightly worried okay. by that. Uh, and um, let me see where Croger is. I've got to scroll down quite far. No, not far past Jeremy. Oh, 96. Look at you. Whoa. Mm. Well, you know, they say, what do they say about things floating? You know, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we playing in the next round? Have we decided yet? Jeremy, what's, uh, what's the, the votes come through? Uh, I think I'm going to be getting on the Tom Annis filth train. And it looks like uh, Abyssal the Slaves, Rackin Slaves is winning as of the other day. And then everyone was like, uh, you know, Fizzy Riley keeps adding like the, the quote unquote bad armies to like my poll because <laughs> he wants to see me just have to play all the bad armies. And then Tom Annis was like, you guys have no idea what you're in store for. And then he posted like a Rackin stupid, which is exactly kind of, I was listening to our, when we did the like snapshot army review crossover and really Alex was like, Oh, you know, Rackin slaves, you could probably play the thing where you put all the, all the crappy units in front and then they explode <laughs> and then they get shot by decimator hordes. So that's basically what this list is. Tom, so, and I have a very good mind meld when it comes to lists. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I will be taking a, uh, Tom Annis TM trademarked Rackin Slave Abyssal Army, so don't blame me. Uh, so I will be playing Rackin Slaves most likely in round three. So the voting, I'll close the poll voting once the round two is officially over. Um, right. the, and, and round three, like right when the round's over, then I'll close the poll and whatever the, is winning at that point, that is what I will play. Fair enough. How about you, Alex? Are you sticking with your uh, theme list? I am. It's a uh, theme broke. Don't fix it. I'm just going <laughs> to. It's also. What I'm building, so I'm like, I just want to actually use it in game before you know, cock twenty twenty one nerfs it to oblivion. <laughs> what's what's Tom been playing? I don't know what Tom Robinson's been playing for his double his double twenty. I, I think I remember John Green said something about Rordia for round one, but I don't know for sure. Mm. That's interesting. So uh, Matt, you sticking with the uh, the fancy elves, the fancy men? I mean. Yeah, I think I will. I've changed the list a bit because we've got a, a local um, 2300 over four weeks tournament coming up where they did, but they did the restrictions as if it was uh, 1995. So I changed it up a bit and I dropped a whole bunch of chaff and added in two beasts, a flying beast instead, and that'll be a bit more um, less chaff and positioning and see what happens when I push hard forward, I think. <clears throat> We, we were talking offline, you know, uh, I have the Abyssal Project, but also I've been thinking of I really should finish the Basileans, and there's a couple units that would, like, my Basilean theme, I think, would work well for Order of the Green Lady. So you, you said you've been liking playing that army, Matt? Yeah, I've been loving it. I mean, I think I said on the last cast, I really like it because it's so different to my dwarves. So I like the challenge it's provided of kind of learning a new new play style for me i think i i mean i i was listening to the crossover episode i, I kind of think that the green lady is better than the brother mark which is kind of the opposite to what you guys think but um i think it's just got that more options for fast punchy well my and my opinion's been changing i played uh, uh against ryan munsell who was running in order of the uh green lady list and that like redeemer on a pegasus plus all the unicorns and 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 uh pegasus and uh, you can do like man. You have a lot of uh, movement stuff you can do with, with yeah, that list. You're gonna get flanks eventually. 
Yeah, it's the combination. I think between that and Brother Mark, you've got the Brother Mark, which is very, you know, that's your foot slogger list more so. And then this is your fast. You can do a flying circus if you really wanted to. Um, but I think there's still a fair bit of flexibility in builds you can take because you can take um, various elementals. So you could do a combination of anvils and hammers. I, I think it's a great list. It, and, I mean, it could use a little bit of shooting, so you could take a nice balanced list. But... um no, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of variety available to it. So I think I don't think the community has figured it out yet. So I think it's still like the the meta for Lady Bros is still developing. I think it's going to go somewhere really cool. It's like where Brother Mark, I think, is a little more straightforward because it's a bit more similar to what Basileans were. Yeah, I agree. I've kind of, I've kind of I haven't had anywhere as much fun trying to build Brother Mark lists as I have as um, Green Lady lists. I just kind of end up writing the same list every time with the brother Mark. And then imagination wise, like last night I was uh, uh, looking at that list because I was kind of working on a sample base from my abyssal army and it wasn't quite like working out the way that I wanted it. And you know how it is when you're trying to paint something and it's like, looks technically okay, but it just doesn't have the, uh, the jazz hands of like, you know, where you like, Oh yeah, that looks like how I want it to look. So I was looking at my army and I was like, well, you know, I have a lot of this kind of like cool knights and I've been playing Total War Warhammer 2 on my new computer as Bretonia, which has like always been one of my favorite armies. So I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, look, took a closer look at the Order of the Green Lady and really a lot of like, I have two regiments of knights, right, in my Basilean army. So there's my brotherhood and my redemption. So I have a lot of crossovers that would work over and then essentially it'd be like two adding a whole nother army without having to paint a whole nother army by just dropping in a few units. So yeah. So, and it got my juices flowing a little bit last night. So I think I might look into doing that. Yeah. And all the monsters and everything, all the mounts give you such cool options for painting and modeling. Like you've, you're, you're talking about like your idea for the forsaken and just like beasts of nature and unicorns and everything are just, this give you so many cool opportunities. And I found that I like playing lists that are good right on the game i'm super competitive i mean uh at all games i play but i gotta be like into the army like i gotta start thinking about who's like what's their adventure i gotta have some sort of like imagination pull me to it um if it's just for gameplay i can't i'm not gonna invest the time to paint it so that army definitely like inspires me uh creatively so nice how about you steve what are you gonna play next round yeah i don't know because i've got <laughs> I'm all like I've started modeling my Twilight King army and I'm really happy with how it looks but then I've got really into writing MSU lists for Bracken and I've also got this um, uh, Sylvankin list which I really like as well and I don't want to practice a little bit more but literally while we're talking I've just written a new Racken list which is <laughs> which is which is gross it's three hordes of shock troops with plague pots and then seven troops a mutant rat fiend uh, a warlock with uh, inspiring and uh, bane chant, a tangle and mother Chrysler. I love it. And it's it's horrible. I wouldn't want to play against that shit. Uh, <laughs> it's just like nasty. So um, I might try that since I've just written it. Although I've had uh, I've had a drink, so <clears throat> I might need to look at that again. It's got no, it's not gone on the brutes in it, so it loses some of the, that flexible unit strength and stuff. But it's got three hordes, so yeah. Uh, We'll see how we go. Yeah, so when it was the next round, I think there's some more games to play this weekend, and then the next round will be up, I guess, next week. Do we know how many, how many as of right now, how many are left to play? Because I know Tom has been posting those, like, updates. There's nine games left. 
Oh, so isn't that cool how people are like getting through these games pretty quick and we're, we're getting round around. I mean, this has been like, I don't know what you guys like just my overall, this tournament has been so much fun. Um, uh, of playing, of watching everyone's games, watching the other people's games. Games are getting streamed by like Dash Twenty Eight or on whatever. It's been like a really awesome thing, I think. Absolutely, I think like it's like replacing TV and, and like weeknights because you're just like, oh, I can just watch someone's. <laughs> I can watch two or three different games on a, any any given night. Yeah, and getting into After Dark and watching the same game and having a chat about it is has been really fun. It's almost like we're all got nowhere else to be at the moment. Almost. Almost. Oh, God, don't bring me back to it. <laughs> I've got my pressure washer. I'm going to go do pressure washing. I'm going to pressure wash oh, something. Oh, the kids dried off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, still there. But... <laughs> Steve, Steve, you got to load your pressure water with, like, simple green or the purple stuff or whatever and <laughs> oh, see if yeah. you can, like, strip strip models with bad primer That's drops. a great idea. I like that. Or just fill it with, um, you know, some... Uh, uh, some washes. Just put some, you know, I don't know what's the brown one called. Which my brain's gone. Uh, Aircraft Earthshade. Yeah, fill it with Agrac Earthshade and just kind of spray it across some models. That should be nice. Give it a go. Yeah, and I don't like this list now. I've written it. I, I, Ten seconds ago, I liked it. Now I'm looking at it, going, "Wow, unit strength is kind of low." Isn't that how it? Isn't that how it goes? Yeah, you get excited, and then you're like, then you start picking it apart. But then that's the process. Then you've got 14 units in it. That's not enough units anymore. I like to is that two two thousand or twenty three hundred? That's two thousand. Depends. Depends on how many you can take off of the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I drop a couple of holes. I need to play with this some more. When I've had less beer than I've had now, which is hard. Anyway, right. that's uh, I guess that'll do us for now. That's it. That was a round two uh, wrap up. Uh, onward and onwards and upwards for the counter charge crew. And that's going to do us tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Let's, let's make Alex do it. He needs to do something for a change. Oh, I am White Goose. <laughs> I was playing uh, from the poll. You know, I've been doing a poll on the Facebook page for every. Um, hold on one second. Are you guys? Are you? My girlfriend's like cutting cloth. Do you hear that coming through my mic? No. <laughs> She's touching cloth. Sorry, you're saying. Uh, okay, they don't. They can't hear you. So you can continue. Because I asked her. Like, you can continue. Go about your business, madam. She, <laughs> can she, hear gave the this, she gave me this look. I'm cutting this cloth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing okay. you say shall stop uh, me. So yeah. So I was gonna play for. Uh, mm, no. Well. <sighs> okay. So much for making it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I need this stuff. Oh, the outtakes are going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay. <laughs>
Oh god, I've lost it. Coronavirus. <clears throat> like this is why they call us the professionals. I go, 